0: This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. This week on Top Shelf, Luke Chakrabarty of the Creston Valley Thundercats has been the hottest player in the past few weeks, amassing 13 points in just five games. Emmanuel Sequera talks with him about his success this season and some of his pregame rituals. The top-shelf crew, like so many around the KIJHL, were saddened by the news of the passing of former KIJHL Vice President Jim Harrington. We'll be joined by former league president Bill Olhausen, former KIJHL executive Ian Curry, and Today FM Cranbrook morning show host Dennis Walker. But first, a visit from this week's guest broadcaster.
1: This is Mazay. Quick wrist shot. Goes left of the goal. Kept in there by Fleming. Douglas. Centered by Rendy, comes out to Kelly, the scores! Nice backhand by Evan Douglas. It's
2: a great pass by Kelly down to Douglas.
0: On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking to, with our guest broadcaster this week, the voice of the Kamloops Storm, Larry Reed. How you doing, Larry?
1: Great, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show today.
0: Let's talk a little bit about you and uh, your involvement with the Kamloops Storm. How long have you been associated with the Storm?
1: Actually, for the last couple of years, I I helped out a little bit on play-by-play and webcasts, and I did a bunch of their social media features the last couple of years. And uh, this year, I've come on full-time as uh, not only doing that, but doing all the play-by-play as a broadcaster, I've been a broadcaster for 42 years. Did some WHL for a while. Uh, before COVID, I was actually the sports information officer. That's a fancy title for a PR person with uh, Thompson Rivers University. So uh, did a lot of basketball, soccer, and volleyball. And happy to do hockey. And the Kijhl's great. And, and working with the Storm and Matt Cole is great too. I,
0: I really enjoy your uh, broadcasts out of Kamloops. Uh, talk a little bit about the team around you.
1: Yeah, we actually, uh, we have a new uh, commentator, I was going to say color commentator, but that Again, dates my uh, broadcasting. Uh, Our commentator is a former Junior A and Junior B player. Uh, His name is uh, Chris Armstrong, and uh, it's a lifelong dream of his to be involved in webcasting. So he's uh, fulfilling a a dream, and he's actually a financial advisor in town here. So he does the the, uh, commentary. Uh, We have a a camera person as well. And then uh, branching off into our social media, uh, Chad Hellingman, who is uh, employed by the Storm as... um, a social media person, but also takes all the photos at all our games, he and I are co-hosting a podcast for the first time. And I, I guess, you know, Mark, couldn't come up with any original ideas, so we call it the Camelot Storm Podcast.
0: Yeah, I saw that. on. It's available on Spotify, isn't it?
1: Spotify, Anchor, and of course, if you go to the Storm website, there's a link there as well.
0: When Larry returns, we'll talk about uh, the Kamloops' storm. 11 games into the season, we'll get a progress report from Larry. That's coming up a little bit later on.
2: McLean, to assist. Rebound there. Luke Chakrabarty at the side. and stick tied up. It's Gusentonis with 15 seconds to go. McLean taps it ahead to Max Chakrabarty. Into the slot. Nelson. It's there. McLean, trying to pass up a rebound. And there's, great pass, and there's the hat trick. Ah. Three straight power play goals. A natural hat trick for Luke Chakrabarty. I'm joined by Luke Chakrabarty of the Crescent Valley Thundercats. Luke, welcome to Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: How do you feel you are playing so far this season?
3: I think I'm off to a pretty hot start. Only eight games in so far. I had to miss two early this season, but it's nice being able to play with the same linemates at the end of the season off and uh, Campbell McLean and Blake Anderson because we have some pretty great chemistry, which obviously helps. Campbell and I had 13 and 12 points, respectively, and our seven playoff games and Blake had six but was a massive part of our line. It's safe to say we definitely picked up where we left off you know all of us are over a point per game and we've only been on for one goal against which was in a 7-3 loss so hopefully we can keep this up and keeping the line that other teams have to worry about.
2: What do you like most about your play?
3: I like that I'm able to find the back of the net pretty often. You know, I've, I've always been kind of a point per game player, but it's usually about a one to two, one to three ratio of goals to assist. So now that I'm able to add the scoring aspect to my game, it's a huge benefit to both myself and the team.
2: Last season, you had 14 goals in 32 games. And this season, you already have 12 in eight games. What do you credit your hot start to in the goal scoring department?
3: Definitely, like I said, my line mates. I've had a few solo effort goals, but for the most part, it's just the three of us going to work down low, and then they're D, forget about the slot, and then I pop out into a soft spot, and they find me, and all I gotta do is put in the net. So they're, they've been a huge help. And then I have a pretty strict routine on game days, you know, not superstitious, but a little stitches kind of thing. So it's nice having Bill Brothers and parents that they know my routine, and then they do their best not to interrupt it so that I'm I'm always game ready. Another thing that's been huge is the support I get from my family. You know, not not just my mom and dad who've always been number one fans, but I have an aunt and uncle in Sudbury that watch every single game and my grandparents back home do the same. So it's nice to know I've always got them cheering on and my Nana watching from up above. Chuck Rabardi, down to McLean. Oh, that hit a sticky bounce in front. They yeah, score! It's Luke's second of the game. I want to come back to
2: something. You were talking about your ritual that your support system doesn't kind of bug you about. Do you mind sharing some of that stuff of what your routine is to oh, get ready yeah. for a game?
3: Yeah, sure. So usually we have a pregame skate, 8.45 to 9.45 kind of thing, and then I'll come home and I'll nap for about three hours, four hours sometimes, like a long nap, and then I like to do yoga after, my Philip mom makes chicken and rice every single day. So I put barbecue sauce on that and eat it. I eat at four on the dot, and then at 4.30, I come down and I go into the bathroom and I take a shower and I come out at about 4.45, 4.50, go upstairs, put my suit on, and then walk out the door at five. And then when I get to the rink, that's a whole very specific kind of thing that it would take a long time if I talked about it very like on the dot. Like it has to be exactly this time I do this and exactly this time I do that. What's it like to get two hat tricks within a week? It feels good. Definitely. I, I didn't have any last year as close. I had three or four two-goal games, but I was never able to get that third. The first one was against my former team, the Soyuz. And it was also my first game back after having to miss two games. So I felt like I had something to prove. We were 0-3-1 going into that game. And then it was mine and Campbell's first game back, like I said. So we knew we, it was on us to kind of get the boys going. And now we're on a six-game win streak. So that's that one was good. And then the one against Golden was it was pretty fun. They all came off of three pretty beautiful passes from gamble so we were smiling the whole game and getting the fourth goal in the empty net was nice to kind of put the game away
2: what are your goals this season team-wise and personally
3: personally i i'm hoping to finish the season with at least 40 goals and or finish over two points per game it's it's nice to be on pace for both but obviously it's on me to keep playing at the level i'm playing at And then as far as team goals i think we have the depth and skill and definitely the coaching to make a pretty deep playoff push playoff hockey is obviously a lot different than regular season but we have a good amount of veteran players who know what to expect in playoffs and can kind of help out the rookies it'd also be great to finish top two in the division so that we can have home ice advantage for at least one series to play in front of the great fans here and then eat some nice home cooking
2: what type of player would you like to become
3: I want to be the guy that the coach can rely on, you know, whether we're down a goal with a minute left or up a goal with a minute left, it's overtime or in the shootout. I want to be the guy that the coach knows is going to get it done. I just want to be the guy my teammates want to be on the line with. The guy, you know, I want to play with him because he's going to set me up back door. He's going to get the puck out on the blue line.
2: There's one last question I want to ask you. It has to do with your celebrations. <laughs> Every you <laughs> score a goal, I know it's... You really enjoy celebrating. Okay. Share a bit about
3: that with us. My silly kind of depends on the goal, if that makes sense. You'll notice if it's a great pass and all I did was tap the puck, and I'll I'll usually point at the guy who passed to me, or I'll go jump up on him instead of him jumping on me. But if I feel like I scored a pretty nice goal or on my hat trick goal, there, you know, I'll do something pretty out there because yeah, you like you said, you know, I get really excited. It's it's almost something I have to work on with my emotions in the game. You know, that's, that's one of the great things about playing hockey is how exciting the game is. You know, when like when you score, it's just like you're you're on another planet. And you're so excited.
2: Thanks for uh, joining us on Top Shelf, the KIJHL
3: podcast, Luke. Thank you for having me. It was awesome.
2: Furlong as the Rockets win back. thrown in front and here's the chance. Luke checker for four. He scores! And... <laughs>
0: Top shelf, the KIJHL podcast continues. I'm talking with the voice of the Kamloops Storm, Larry Reed. Larry, let's talk about the Kamloops Storm. 11 games in the season. What do you like? about their performance so far?
1: I think what I really like, Mark, is the fact that they have a a very experienced team. As we all know, if you follow junior B hockey, there's usually a big transition in terms of uh, players from year to year. The uh, Storm actually have 13 returning players from last year. So uh, they've got a solid nucleus. The, The guys that are back, really, they like each other. Uh, not only as teammates, uh, but also uh, on the ice, but off the ice as well. And I think that's one of their, their, their benefits. They've struggled a little bit out of the gate as uh, they're 3-7 and a shootout loss for, for seven points. But they seem to be learning from their mistakes. And, and their biggest mistake right now is the fact that they don't start as quickly as they should. And so they wind up being down. In every one of their games they've played this year, they've been down after the first period. So once they get over the hump, I think that they're going to do pretty well. Uh, Really solid in regards to the forwards. They have eight returning forwards. And the big story here this year has been the play of Ryan Larson. Ryan Larson is an 18-year-old Kamloopsian, second-year member of the uh, Storm. Last year was a third and fourth liner. Barely got any ice time. The highlight of his season last year was he scored against Revelstoke in the Burks Division Final in a must win uh, game. He scored the winning goal in overtime. So he's worked really hard in the summer. He's come back, he's stronger. He's faster, and he's leading the team in scoring going into this weekend. And uh, he has been the big success story. So those, I think, are the, the two things, the experience and the play of young Ryan Larson. That's been the highlights so far for this team.
0: When we return, we'll be talking about the upcoming weekend, a couple of big key games for the Kamloops Storm.
1: Preparing right now for Kamloops, 3-10 remaining in the second period. Kept in, that's Peyton Kelly. Kelly turns, oh, wow. Goal! Beautiful goal, Evan Douglas, his second.
0: The KIJHL has been saddened by the news last week about the passing of Jim Harrington. He was a key figure in helping shape the KIJHL into the league that we see today. Mr. Harrington came to his Soyuz in 1978 to take on the job of the town's recreation director. It's a position he stayed in for 26 years, working out of the Sun Bowl arena across the street from his house. Here's Bill Ohausen, the former president of the KIGHL.
4: It was really a shock to me because we've been keeping in touch, you know, for the a long period of time. We started a long time together, and uh, it was just a shock. He joined the KIGHL executive in 2003 as vice president of the Okanagan-Shuswap division. At that time, we had expanded to 14 teams in the league to uh, present, you know, 20 teams as of June. 2018 when I was finished. And he continued on with the current uh, new executive and fulfilled all the requests from his division. And uh, he helped with different things, rosters, game sheets, discipline. And he was always there to help whoever needed help. But he was a great person to lean on when uh, we were short of people doing other jobs. Uh, He was just a great
0: person. That's Bill O'Hausen, former president of the KIJHL. Ian Curry is a former BC Amateur Hockey Association Junior B director. He talked with Vista Radio's Dennis Walker.
5: We're just catching up with Ian Curry in Creston, who is a 30-plus year KIJHL executive member working with Jim Harrington. First of all, our condolences to you and the the KIJHL family. Ian, can you tell us a little bit about Jim behind the scenes and the work that he did first of all to bring a team into osuius and his involvement in the kootenai international junior hockey league then
4: i got involved with the kijhl in 1980 and it was a few years after that i was over in, in Grand forks and jim happened to be at the arena so we caught up because years ago when we were both teenagers i had relatives in fernie that lived right across the street from the harrington household so as youngsters we We all got together and whatnot, and then kind of lost touch with him for a few years as we were growing up and and, uh, started our own lives. I saw Jim on occasion, and then when he joined up with the KIJHL as an executive member, and I was with BC Amateur Hockey and involved with the KIJHL as well, we saw a lot more of each other and rekindled a, a friendship that started a long long time ago and it meant a great deal it's awful hard to say you know knowing that what's happened and i i sure uh, hockey in general the kijhl in particular the people of the Suez, are going to they're going to miss a person that was a a pretty solid citizen
5: he really was. Uh, many people, the locals there, they always called it the house that Harrington built. And for our listeners that may not know, his home was right across from the arena. And to say that he lived in the arena is really not that far off.
4: I, I remember him telling me one time that uh, when Chuck Kobasu was, was trying to practice up and advancing his career and whatnot, Jim used to go over in the morning, earlier in the morning than uh, he normally would. And open up the rink and let Chuck skate for an hour or so before he went to school. That was the kind of person he was. That he'd he'd uh, go out of his way to to uh, to help somebody. This league, the Kijhl, is uh, one of the best leagues in probably. Well, it is the best league in Western Canada, and probably right up at the top in all of Canada for for junior B hockey. And it's because of people like. Jim and Bill and, and Barry Dewar and a few people like that, that that really, the top, they uh, they raised the bar every year. I know when Bill Ohlhausen was president, it was a better league every year than the year before.
5: Thank you for your comments, Ian. I appreciate that on the passing of Jim Harrington. Thank you. Well, as
4: I say, I wish we didn't have to have this conversation, but we lost a good friend a good person. Extend my condolences to the family and everybody that's going to miss them as much as I do.
0: Dennis Walker, 107.5 Today FM, Cranbrook, talking with Ian Curry about the passing of Jim Harrington. A funeral mass will be celebrated on Saturday, that's October 29th at 1 p.m. at St. Anne's Catholic Church in Asouyeuse. In lieu of flowers, please consider donating to the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. (laughs) On Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast, I'm talking with the voice of the Kamloops Storm, Larry Reed. Larry, before we go any further, you kind of reminded me that we crossed paths, I don't know, back in what, the 40s or 50s or something like that?
1: (laughs) It was 1981 and 82. We went to BCIT together. Yeah. You You were in radio, I was in broadcast journalism
0: yeah and you made a career out of it went all yeah. over
1: western canada um in fact my first job out of bcit was doing play-by-play for the old uh, western hockey league kelowna wings wow. so uh yeah it was uh, it's it's been a long and winding road and i uh, make camels my home here and uh Happy to help the storm. Matt Cole, the general manager, is just a uh, just an excellent individual. So any, I'm so happy that I can help him out in any way I can.
0: Oh, yeah, and and here, and I I took all that education I got at BCIT, and I I called Bingo. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so let's talk about the uh, the Kamloops storm. They've got a couple of key games this weekend. They've got uh, Sycamus on Friday, and then you're calling the Suyuz Coyotes game on Saturday. What? The storm have to do to be successful this weekend?
1: Well, the Eagles are, I think, the surprise team thus far in the Duckburgs division. As they, they sit in second place, and they'd actually beaten or have beaten the storm before, and it's, it's a tough place it can lose to play. So, uh, the Eagles are going to expect from the storm is, is uh, an inspired team because, uh, as you mentioned. The storm last weekend. They were very unsuccessful and tired. Luck. They lost in a shootout, and then they lost in in a late contest to Revelstoke. So they're looking to rebound. So that's going to be a tight game. And then uh, it's going to be an interesting contest here on Saturday night. Is the Soyuz, uh, uh, who are second in the. Bill Olhausen Division, I'm, I hope I, I didn't boot his name, but they're, they're second, and it, it'll be a good contest. A bit of a rivalry between Soyuz and Kamloops over the last couple of years, and hopefully that will intensify again. And uh, so another thing, uh, side note for, for Saturday, is uh, we are honoring first responders here in, in Kamloops uh, at the contest, so there'll be firemen and, and policemen and, and other things going on between periods. So hopefully it's going to be a special night uh, on the ice and off the ice for the fans, and on the ice, of course, for the storm as they try and get back into the wind column.
0: And if you can't make it uh, to the arena on Saturday night, I encourage everybody to tune into Hockey TV. It's a great presentation that you guys put on in Kamloops. Thank you so much for doing this, Larry. Oh, thanks for having me. Larry Reed is the voice of the Kamloops Storm.
1: Pass intended for Andon Randy. Shot by Fleming. This misses the net. Harrison Ewart bounces off a stick. This is Horner from a sharp angle, club save scores okay. Harrison
0: Ewart this is Top Shelf the KIJHL podcast we'd like to thank this week's contributors broadcasters Larry Reed Eric Blow Chris Armstrong and Dennis Walker from Today FM in Cranbrook KIJHL Communications Director Emmanuel Sequera. former KIJHL President Bill Olhausen and former Executive Ian Curry Luke Chakrabarti from the Creston Valley Thundercats, and as always, Hockey TV. My name is Mark Berry. We're back here in seven days.